Maggie and Judd hanging out, Radio Row, Mall of America, and it's it's a zoo here. Yeah, it's, it's completely nuts. It's pretty fun. Uh, we'll get uh, some gambling discussion in the mix here with Doug Kazarian. I, I, I saw an amazing nugget. Something was emailed from a PR company a couple days ago. I, we get so many of these during Super Bowl week, but did you know that $4.6 billion will be wagered on the Super Bowl illegally? Oh, that so, doesn't so surprise four, me. It's like $4.8 billion will be wagered, Which? and $4.6 billion will be illegal. And Which so, is why the NBA is about to dive in headfirst and say, you yeah. know what, let's get, a, let's get a piece of all that money. Yes, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a poker background, so I think, that, and that should be a separate category, games of, that involve more skill than chance. If the house has an advantage, okay, I can see why you don't want people just... I, I can see why you'd want that confined to uh, a brick-and-mortar casino. But I could hear an argument on that one, too. If you can spend money on lottery tickets, in which you have virtually zero chance to win, you can spend five grand on a lot. I mean, like, if you just buy a bunch of lottery tickets, you, that's gambling. Yep. You know, there's there's other forms of gambling that um, that we deem acceptable, but you can't put 50 bucks on the Super Bowl without going to a sports book in Las Vegas. I find that to be pretty ridiculous. Well, and, and if you're a sports league, why do you want to forfeit the opportunity yeah. to get involved? It makes no sense at all. So I, we're going to get to a day, I think, very soon here where, where leagues are basically like, there has to be a way for us to get a cut. Yeah. Because um, it makes no sense. Did you ever, were you out. ever a gambling guy back in your day? Did yeah, you I told a, you. A, I tried, uh, yeah, mid-90s. Uh, I started to gamble on sports. 20 bucks here and there. It's a great way to watch sports because you're so into the game. But there is nobody worse to bet on sports, in my opinion, than a guy like me. I think I know a lot. Like, and, But I'm not, I'm not an expert at it. And so I'm just, you know, I see the Knicks and Warriors. Oh, oh the Knicks aren't that yeah. good. They won't win by three points. Yeah. And so I quickly learned. In fact, Patrick told me, said, if you're gambling on sports, you're the biggest idiot there is. And he was exactly right. That, but, I was very bad. But there's a huge difference between thinking you know football, like as a fan of football, and then having the knowledge to go a step further and have all the intricate you know details, and I never did that. Yep, that was my problem. In fact, let's transition. I thought I was smart. Let's keep this going here. Doug Kazarian from ESPN is going to join us. The Mackie and Judd show from Radio Row. Uh, I'm glad you were able to crawl through like the sea of Hall of Famers, and it's like they put the tables a little too close together, so where Orlando Pace probably can't get through. You know, he's walking around. <laughs> These big guys are all completely lost right now, trying to get through this crowd. Yeah, the the uh, not a lot of surface area. I, I can imagine what it's going to be like the next couple uh, days when it gets even more crowded. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we're, there's a million different directions we can go with you, but the, the, we spent the first hour talking about the Alex Smith trade that went down last night, and we went into the off season, and we'd love sort of an outside Minnesota perspective on this. We have quarterback beer goggles on in Minnesota for like 30 years. I mean, if Tavares Jackson throws a touchdown pass 10 years ago, we th- franchise quarterback, right? Right. But Alex Smith was definitely on the list for us in the Twin Cities, saying, you know, if the Vikings could trade for him one year, $20 million on that contract, we'd have some interest in this town, but not for like five years, $100 million. So, you know, from your perspective outside Minnesota looking in, what do you think they should do with their quarterback situation? How good do you think they can be bouncing back next well, year? Well, the Doug? first thing is you got to throw out the money because it's all going to be the, the same, whoever it is, right? So five years, $100 million, It's just Kirk Cousins is about to become the highest-paid player right. in the NFL, according to Adam Schefter last night, or at least expecting that. So I, what's wrong with Bridgewater? 
Is he not the guy? So he hasn't played in two years. I th- we think they're going to go with him. Right. We think they're going to go with him. The problem is if you're going to sell, you're coming off this huge letdown. And historically, teams that have that kind of a loss in the NFC Championship, they don't bounce back. The Vikings don't historically bounce back. Can you sell, hey, this guy hasn't played in two years, most devastating knee injury maybe in the history of organized pro football? Well, I'll is tell you what, Adrian bounce- Peterson ruined it for everyone, right? The whole comeback from a knee injury. Because he set, oh, the, bar, time he set yeah. the bar way too high. Yes. Yeah. And he came back and he's this MVP form guy. And it's like, oh, that, that, that's fine. And then the, we forget what it takes, the human, it takes on the human toll for everything. Look, you're, the reason we don't see this movement that we're going to see this offseason, but we typically don't with, with quarterbacks, is that you have a guy and you just have to lock in because look what we're seeing with Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Yes, it's great to have a guy like Tom Brady, no doubt. And when Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available, you do what you can to go find a guy like that if he does end up painting out. But the other thing is is you can win if you have the right system, the right coaching staff. And I don't want to throw around the term game manager because Case Keenum was not a game manager. He was in the MVP discussion for a portion of the year. But you can have a dominant defense. And if you have the right system, see what Doug Peterson has done with Nick Foles is just have competent coaching. Two-thirds of the time, these guys beat themselves, Yeah. right? Just have competent coaching, play to the strengths of your guy instead of trying to stick a square peg in a round hole. He tailored the offense differently than what he did with Carson Wentz because, gee, here's a novel concept. They're different quarterbacks. Correct. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So what, what's the, the national perspective on Case? See, I am, I think, above average in terms of well-informed, right? Like, I understand what he is, and I thought he was a good quarterback. Right. And he did what he needed to do, and he did what was asked of him. I thought he could have done a little bit more. But the flip side is... The untrained eye, they're lazy. They're going to have just narratives like, ah, he's like Nick Foles, he's like Blake Bortles, and it's like, he's not. Like, he's not at all. Yeah, he's – this is uh, – let me pivot to a gambling angle here because I think it's interesting that handicappers and, and, and the sharps who really follow the intricate details of, of matchups, there's point values that you can assign to quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Like, like we had someone on yesterday who said he doesn't think the difference between Wentz and Foles should be, should be four points. So – like what? What in in your mind or from what you've experienced? How many points is a Tom Brady worth? And then how many points would like a Case Keenum or if Teddy Bridgewater were healthy? Like what's the gap there? So it's interesting because I don't know how many of your listeners know. I, I obviously cover the sports betting for us at ESPN, and I wor- I lived in Vegas seven years before ESPN. So I've been talking to a lot of people about that and trying to explain that it's all about the gap, the delta between the starter and the backup. Two years ago, I think it was the largest gap was actually the Giants because Eli Manning to Nassib was so drastic, and then it was Garopp, when Garoppolo proved before, you know, the deflate gate suspension he was actually a competent QB. So depending on who you ask, I've talked to Ozbakers about this, the point spread if Carson Wentz were playing is probably a pick em. So it would be like six otherwise. That's, that was the opening line. Yeah. And then, but everyone, remember, the, the point spread came out in the third quarter of the NFC Championship game when, when the <laughs> Vikings went for it on fourth down, fourth and goal, I think what was the nine, yes. and didn't get it. So yeah. it's like, it's recency bias. So you have all these fans who are watching this team completely dominate, and you just saw the Patriots struggle yet again, down 10 in the fourth quarter, and they blaming Bortles or whatever. So it's like, all right, give me the six points, and got bet down. It's now, at, what, four and a half-ish? So, but that doesn't mean that the it, – it just it's all human behavior and perception, especially recency bias. But it's about a six-point difference between Wentz and Foles. Yeah. Eagles-Vikings surprised you how much? Because I still – the one thing here is for that defense to collapse that bad was the shocker to us, I think. I absolutely was shocked, especially on third down, right? That was the calling card of the Vikings the they entire the best season. of all time, yeah. Right. 
So I saw a tweet in the middle of the game, and I wish I had seen this before the game when I picked the Vikings. Uh, in the last decade, we've seen now six walk-off touchdowns in the postseason, right? Like T- Tebow had a pass one year. Yep. We've seen others, uh, Patriots. Um, and the average margin of victory is like 25 the week after. Now the Patriots obviously throw out because it was a Super Bowl a year ago. But just to come off that high, I mean, the Patriots, excuse me, the Vikings were still celebrating that touchdown by like Wednesday that week. They're like making t-shirts and stuff. Right. right. It's yeah. like, hey guys, you got two more games to play here, including one in a few days. Yeah, it's true. And then, you know, I think going from indoors to outdoors, there was a number that we heard yesterday that teams are something like 0-11 in some stretch of time that just getting a win indoors and then going outdoors for the NFC Championship game, that stuff matters more than maybe we think in the moment. You think, oh, that's just, you know, whatever. It's new it, rosters. It, and didn't, new it didn't seem that way the opening drive, though. Vikings just yeah, marched down sure. 7-0. Kyle Rudolph wide open for the touchdown. That's the thing that, that shocked you. That was, that was probably the most. You said, oh, wow, this is going to be a really competitive or good good game for the Vikings. And they forced a three and out and then once the ball. The, and then once Keenum threw the pick right. that he got hit on, it changed the entire flow and it never went back. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and and I think that was the most surprising, like how it evolved. But let's take a step away. To your your first question, I believe, was about the quarterback. Our FPI, our Football Power Index at ESPN, does not put a huge value on backup, even in college. And you know, I cover a lot of radio, do a lot of college uh, football on radio, and and that was the most surprising of our Football Power Index. They don't adjust the ratings that much, like what we saw with Florida State this year, just take a huge drop off after DeAndre Francois went down with a knee injury in the opener against Alabama. It's like, how? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you have the right system, the coach is competent and he can maneuver, and Doug Peterson's done a great job with a team that was the one seed for a reason, not just because of Carson Wentz. Correct, exactly. In fact, I mean, it's possible Carson Wentz is getting a little too much. He's great, but that the, the, the system and the infrastructure elevated him as well in his second year. Uh, Doug Kazarian's hanging out with us from uh, a number of different platforms on ESPN. You can find him on College Game Day on the radio, Behind the Bets podcast, uh, ESPN Chalk contributor, Mackie and Judd, Radio Row. And we were just talking before you sat down. So I have, I have a poker background. Okay. So I always, I've, I've been legalized, open up online poker again. Black Friday was like the worst day of my life eight years ago. Do you think, and we just saw this nugget too, that of the $4.8 million expected to be wagered on the Super Bowl. $4.8 billion. Billion, billion. $4.6 billion will be illegally wagered. So do you see a scenario at some point in five or ten years where, and the NBA is out front in this too, where we are much more open in this country about just legalizing and regulating sports betting? And I'll take the under. I think in like a year or two. That would be great. I think yeah. within a year it's going to be legal in more than Nevada, right? So right now New Jersey had a court hearing. The U.S. Supreme Court in December, a decision is expected in May or June, and I think it's going to pass. I think it's a slight favorite if we want to continue the, the uh, betting vernacular. <laughs> but I, I think what Adam Silver's trying to do is he's against that in New Jersey because he wants to make it on a federal level. And that's where they want their, the future of this. I think at some point within five years it will be passed on, on a federal level. But I think it's going to be a state-by-state state for a few years. I believe in probably two years... Maybe a year and a half, it'll be like seven states. Yeah, I really do. That's I'm, a smart I'm not, play, though. It is. It and, makes perfect sense. And the NBA is going to, their plan, it looked like, is to take a cut from, and that's, if you're going to be right. involved, be involved and, and right. make it so a business, Right, so I think, right? I, this, don't quote me on this, I think Nevada gets 0.25% of revenue, like Nevada gaming and stuff like that, for all the regulation, and then they help out with officials and monitoring. So, NBA knows they're not going to get 1% of revenue, but that's, you know, it's like negotiation. You ask high, and then... You get something where in the middle. So the NBA, and then the next step is going to be the advertising of sports books online on jerseys and things like that because yeah. they're realizing there's it's not that different than fantasy. 
fantasy but, football or whatever fans watch games with a rooting interest beyond just who's playing. And that's all that betting is when done appropriately, all that stuff. But look, NFL is very careful with stuff. I, think, I know the NFL's very on the conservative side, and whereas the NBA and NHL and baseball on the more aggressive side, it's it's just eventually we're going to get there. It's just the timeline is the big question. Correct. But there is money to be made, and that's the key thing. And aren't, look isn't everyone starving for money, whether that's it be exactly local right. municipalities yes. to leagues to everything? There's money, and it's out there. And if it's going to be bet illegally, to your point, yep. so much of it. I mean, there's Nevada last year had a record for the Super Bowl was $138.5 million, and they expect that to pass that this year because of technology. and People can now bet from their tablets. They don't have to go to a sports book. So if we're going to head that way with technology on a national scale, why not? At least get all that stuff that's going to be bet illegally anyway. Well, let's just do it and regulate it. Yes. In your mind, is this Belichick's last game as Patriots coach? Oof. Or what would the odds be on yeah. this being Bill I mean, Belichick's last game as it's, Patriots coach? They're a favorite for him to return. I, I think everything I've read, all that good stuff, is that he definitely does not want it to be like he was trying to set it up for the future with his kids on the staff and things like that. Yep. I wanted. I want him to go win somewhere else or Brady to get retired. I want him to continue, keep winning because I think he is the greatest coach in NFL history, and I think he's the secret sauce. But um, I, 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 I think he's coming back. I mean, he has 18 undrafted guys on his roster. One-third of the roster is undrafted guys that he just molded, plugged in, and, and keep the thing running. Um, one more quick thing here. I know we want to be respectful of your time. Oh, I, I don't even know where I'm going next. <laughs> no one can see. You can't, you can't even, even you can't see, see above the, like, the shoulders of people here on Radio Row. <laughs> Run into people. Uh, Doug Kazarian's with us. Uh, college football real quick. P.J. Fleck uh, mm-hmm. came in with just a, 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 a verbose bang. The season wins and losses for the Gophers wasn't great, but he's bringing in a new culture. What did you think of him, Western Michigan? What do you think of him now as the Gophers coach just in general? Well, I, I think if he brought his mantra to, like, Alabama, it probably would not resonate, right? The row, the boat, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, everyone ha- We forget these kids. are They're kids. They're 18, sometimes 17, up to, like, 21, 22. And the, what resonates with us, like a row, the boat, is we may be cynic in our, cynical in our old age. Like, they need to gravitate to something. When you have a locker room of that many kids versus, like, basketball or something like that, you need stuff like that. So I think he's he is the proper mindset because he does he does walk the walk. I, I've met him. I've talked to him. He, it's not just it's not just talk. So I think it works well, even at the Big Ten level. I think it can work well too, because every every team is a byproduct of their coach. Look at the Patriots, right? We talk about the Patriot way. It's not just Bill Belichick who, who stonewalls every press conference. So I think it's a healthy situation. It's just we can't be sidetracked with the dominance of Alabama on one end of the spectrum. We have to realize. That a six-win bowl game appearance is a is a victory for some programs. Yeah, we we just want him to put giant oars on the outside of TCF Bank <laughs> Stadium and really just go on, just commit to the bid. All it's in. incredible though how he goes and goes and goes. I mean, Fleck never lets up. Yeah, he, he doesn't is, sleep very often. I don't think it's real. He, all the, he, a lot of these dudes are wired that way. That's what's crazy. That's remarkable. Yeah. But yeah. that's what it takes to be a coach yeah. and understand what three. You know, obviously, offense, I'd be defense, exhausted after teams. one day. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I you only get a sleep. couple hours. I on need radio. to sleep for a week and a half. <laughs> You're exhausted, just period, in the afternoon. Sometimes. I'm exhausted right now with all, all these people. <laughs> with all these people around. Uh, Doug Kazarian from ESPN's platforms. Where where can people find you this week if they want Doug Kazarian? Uh, well, we're gonna, we're going to have two podcasts out this week for Behind the Bets. We got one posted yesterday, last night, and then we got another one taping Thursday. And uh, I think I'm writing a piece for on Tuesday for ESPN Chalk, and then I'll be doing Sports Center Saturday night. Now that you mentioned it, now that I think about it, so awesome. I'm flying back Friday. 
Good deal. Hey, good to meet you. You too, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks nice. for the hospitality. Minnesota, nice. Yeah, it's not. Warm. We, we dumped a little snow on you last night just to let it's you know we're fine. here. Yeah, we're yeah. here. This is how it rolls. So. A little, little chin music for you guys yep, just to let yep. us know we're here. It's nothing big. Victor, <laughs> nothing big at all. Victor Cruz will join here shortly, and then Lee Steinberg later on. Judd, uh, fire away. Thank you, uh, Phil. There are more than 65 exciting events taking place on every level around every corner at the Mall of America this week. That's right. Let me tell you about them right now. It includes the fan gallery in the media center where we are, presented by Microsoft on Level 3. You can watch broadcasters, professional athletes, and guest celebrities as we've had on all week during live broadcast throughout the week. And there's much, much more. Uh, check out the Microsoft store at Level 1 South End. Uh, player meet and greet, 6.30 to 7.30 tonight. Adam Thielen will be there. Locker room by Lids, Luke Keekley, a Panthers linebacker from 3 to 4 p.m. today. And then you have the Mountain Dew Icebox Level 3 North by Nordstrom, which just started today. Swing by for perfectly chilled Mountain Dew ice samples, charging stations, chill in the icebox lounge, participate in a game of ice air hockey. Mingle with your favorite NFL players and take home some swag. And also make sure to share your experience by taking Mall of America with the hashtag BoldNorthMOA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. That is hashtag BoldNorthMOA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And we will see you out here at the Mall of America. It's a football fiesta, folks. Mackie and Judd back from our third floor, Mall of America, Matthew Collar. 1500ESPN.com covers the Vikings, does a great job. He joins us now, and before he says a word, we have to tell you why he is able to join us all week long, because he is powered by Sprint. That's correct. You are powered by Sprint. Would you like to say uh, something about Sprint, Matthew? Would you like to give them a nice little plug here? Well, I'm just powered by Sprint. Uh, That's that's all I really know about the situation. Hi, Chris. How how are you? All right, so... (laughs) This is crazy out here. I mean, this is so. So you, so you are on the record as saying that you don't like being around tons of people. This has to be your worst case. I mean, there are so many people here, and then you've got your big old football players who are trying to move through this mass of humanity and are like bumping into five people at once. Okay, so I can manage a situation like this when I'm working and I can focus on what I'm doing. Okay. But if you take me to a crowded bar, then I just freak out and have to leave. So this is like the worst crowded bar that you could be yeah, at right but, now. M- but everyone's in, everyone's in control, and there's sort <laughs> that's of that's what you uh, think. There's wait, like wait. a controlled chaos. Oh yeah. Well, oh, they're not all saw, in control. I saw that there was a little Houston dude. Not so much control earlier this morning. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, 99% is everyone's going where they're supposed to go, and I could just worry about this. But I definitely have that issue when it comes to crowded places. Even the grocery store. If it's a really busy time in the grocery store, I can't be in there for more than ten minutes. Wow. I'll just lose it. Wow! So you just you just curl into the fetal position next to the uh, the, the cracker aisle, or what? Happens? I just I just get really anxious and like just want to get <laughs> out of there as fast as possible. Well, see, I think Wetmore's like that too. Yesterday, we're walking. We were looking for a place to record the uh, the Touch Them All. That's right, Twins podcast on Football Radio Row. Mind With massive exploding. speculation, I and saw he too. Goes, and we sit there. There was. More reckless speculation, baseball reckless speculation. And we sit down, and he goes, my introvert is coming out very strong right now. I'm sort of, my senses are overwhelmed. There's a lot happening. Yeah. I have about 30 minutes left until I just implode in the middle of the food court. Yeah, the same thing happens to me. Luckily, yesterday when we did a Purple Podcast with our friend Peter Carline, who's from uh, overseas and is a big Vikings fan, and he's here covering the Super Bowl, we were able to find a place where basically everyone had sort of cleared out and, you know, we could just 
settle down and have a conversation, and that 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 works for me. But I'm I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. But the, when people are behind me, though, the buzzing behind there's a lot me, of people buzzing that, behind that's you. That's right where now. it gets a little <laughs> bit like okay, <laughs> like, everybody. Like Terrell Davis keep, buzzes the back of yeah, your uh, bouncing your off the back of my head right now. And I'm in the perfect elbows. spot for people to clearly go through because behind you there's more chairs and stuff and there's more people standing so they're going to go behind me and not behind you that's by design by the so way so i have yeah I, I noticed that you guys switch sides and i imagine well, that we that were why we were yeah, in the told, sun the we sun were told to because now we're, we're facing the food court so our fans can see us too what oh Oh uh, yeah! Oh yeah! Your the fans. Point, yeah, the point I mean, was made that the right. Mackey and Judd fans who have flocked here all week long couldn't see us on Monday because we had our back to them. Oh, yeah, there were so many. Sort of anti-social. They had to set up separate security over by the Shake Shack just for our fans. It yeah, was crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Shake Shack was overloaded. Uh, I have a ride recommendation. I know Judd's not a ride guy, but it's not like a traditional ride. Are you a ride guy? I'm not a ride guy either. Not since I was probably like 13. So I'm. Rides. I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself. A ride guy. I'm not a, like a roller coaster guy. Think about what theme parks would do to me if the grocery store is tough. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yes, yep. that's a good point. Um, when there's maybe a, a, a slight risk of death involved, right. I can see yeah, where exactly. that would be a problem for you. So my favorite ride ever here as a kid was the Mystery Mine Ride, where it was sort of the it was like virtual reality where they had a big movie screen and you, you sat in a chair that shifted around as you you know you were riding in some dune buggy across the desert or on buildings and stuff. They've taken that and they've multiplied it by a hundred, and I think it's called Fly Across America. And so they had, from a production standpoint, some helicopter just flew to all these different spots around America, like in and out of buildings in Manhattan or mm. across deserts in like Las Vegas and Arizona. Yeah. And they put you in this seat with this huge sprawling screen, like oh, an great. omnitheater. And they have, like, mist spraying in your face, too, for when you're going through clouds and stuff. Yeah. So it's super fun. Fly across America. It might make you a little sick. You might soil yourself no, a little bit. No, no, I'm not doing But it's worth this. it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was I'm not part doing of the this. media thing last night. It was a lot of fun. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing zip lines. I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> just get it. You know what? Just be done with it. You're just going to go keep getting coffee and coming back here. Tim I'm, Horton. Tim Horton is as risky as you're going to get it. Oh, oh I'm, I'm taking on large Tim Hortons yeah. on a daily basis. Let's take a break here because Victor Cruz is going to join us here shortly. When we come back, it's Mackie and Judd live from the Mall of America. But that allows me a chance, Phil, to talk about my friends at Prime Mortgage lending and my friend uh, Kent Mikola in particular and uh, here's what I want to talk about I want to talk about a very important word when it comes to prime and when it comes to Kent and that's the word trust whether it's your friends business partners or teammates heck the two teams playing in the big game they got here in large part because of trust if you're shopping for a new mortgage you can count on prime to give you sound advice and straight answers you can count on Kent you can trust them if you're considering a refi the prime team will take the time to understand your goals and your situation to make sure that refi puts you in a better financial position even if you're not sure if a refi makes sense for you you can talk to prime and find out here's the key with prime and Kent they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan I'll say that again because it's extremely important they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan again you can trust them. That's Prime Mortgage Lending in Bloomington online at GoPrimeWithKent.com. That's GoPrimeWithKent.com. Once again, Prime Mortgage Lending in Bloomington online at GoPrimeWithKent.com. Check it out. GoPrimeWithKent.com. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID 69551. Conditions may apply. And this portion of Mackie and Judd brought to you by Metafast. All right, thank you, Jonathan, back in the studio. Mackie and Judd here, Radio Row, Mall of America. It was, it was quiet on Monday, and now everyone's coming to town. Um, 
Let's welcome our next guest on behalf of Verizon, which is committed to inspiring students to explore STEM education opportunities. And this year at Super Bowl 52, Victor Cruz has partnered with Verizon to educate kids on how they can gain skills to work in the sports industry in the future. Victor, good to meet you, man. Good Thanks for coming too, over. How Thanks for you, having Victor? me. I appreciate uh, it. Before we dive into uh, football and other stuff, and you were at the Grammys a few nights ago. It's been a big week for you. Tell us what the work you're doing with Verizon here with the Super Bowl in town this week. Uh, the things I'm doing with Verizon is geared towards STEM programming. So uh, I, my, me, myself, and my foundation are very heavily geared towards STEM programming, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And I'm here with Verizon in partnership um, to explore that STEM education opportunities. Myself and Carl Anthony Towns later will be visiting a middle school, teaching these kids about STEM education, talking to them about it, and just letting them know that the only way onto a football organization or basketball organization isn't just through on the field or on the court. There's so many different job opportunities that involve STEM education and just getting them that that resource and having them be like, oh, I didn't know I can do all these things. So, I mean, Verizon's donated $200 million to this commitment. Wow. Um, nice. and, and, you know, the Verizon Mobile Learning Lab that'll be at this middle school is an amazing, uh, it's basically a truck with this innovative learning inside of it, and the kids get to do all this cool stuff in it. So I'm People excited. can go to Verizon.com or share your story with uh, at VZ Foundation on Twitter. You know Cat pretty well then? Uh, I met him once or twice. He's a Jersey guy. Yeah. So I'm excited but I'm excited to really meet him for, for real this time. Yeah, he's uh first all-star game, and he we love him in the Twin Cities here, mm -hmm. and he's been one of the best players in the NBA. He's not too bad. Yeah, he's, he's good at basketball. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's just pretty a, good. okay at basketball. <laughs> Uh, so with, with you, are you still trying to play now? I, I know that, that you went to camp with the Bears, mm -hmm. and I, I was doing some uh, re reading up last night. And are you still trying to, to get back in, or are you pretty much done now? I'm going to give it one more shot. I've, been, I've still been training. I, I mean, I probably always will work out and stay in shape and things like that. But I've been training three, four days a week um, up until this time and will continue. So I'm going to give it one more shot. I mean, you were, you were like for, for three years, and this is where injuries are just like mm -hmm. other sports. It's not Football injuries are just different. Yeah, it's different. You were, you were for three years. You were one of the top five or six receivers in the NFL. Yeah. It's tough, especially going through the injuries and and, and things that you can't control, right? It's just like out of your control. You just you, you have one body. You try to train to the best of your ability. You try to, you know, uh, uh, preserve your body and make sure you're doing all the good things, cold tub, and making sure you're doing everything to stay in shape. And things just happen. So you can't, uh, you know, beat yourself up about it. You just got to take the good and the bad, learn from it, and move on. So I'll give it one more shot this year. Hopefully it's a, a situation that would be beneficial for me. And we'll see where it goes. If not, I'll hang them up and join you guys, man. For sure. You Very nice. Teach each other the <laughs> more than welcome, here. yeah. <laughs> so do, do you start to look around in March or, or the spring, basically just say, hey, I'm, I'm you know, interested in coming back? Or how does that process even work to try to get back in the league? So I'll have a conversation with my agent about it in the next coming weeks or so just to see what kind of plan will develop and to see, you know, what he thinks is out there for me. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. Obviously, we'll, you know, it'll be around March, April where we'll start you know, reaching out to teams and things like that and saying that I'm available. and We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Judge. Oh, tell, tell me this. Mm -hmm. As a receiver, what's that position like in this sense, too? It's a position where you can be very good and successful, but you're reliant upon basically one person. Yep. Uh, what, what's the frustration like when, if you don't have that QB, uh, to be doing your job completely, you're running the right routes, you're potentially o open, uh, but it's the odd position in sports where your reliance is put completely, not necessarily just on yourself, mm -hmm. but on a person who, who has to get you the ball and be very good. And, oh, by the way, there's a lot of QBs in this league who aren't necessarily very good. Yeah. 
I think the biggest thing for me is just bringing Eli donuts. Yeah, exactly. Weekend. Just make sure he's happy. Make sure that Seriously, he likes though, you. It's an interesting uh, dynamic. It is a very interesting dynamic, and it's very predicated on the quarterback. And you just, and, and, and that's the thing about free agency, especially for a wide receiver. You want to go where obviously you know you want to make the most money and you want to be able to take care of your family, but you want to have that longevity and you want to go to somewhere where the quarterback is going to get you the ball. He is a good quarterback and he understands the game and you personally believe in his talent as well for him to get you that football. And I think that's uh, that's the most important part. And it's it's tough. It's a tough decision because you know you didn't think Blake Bortles would make it to the AFC Championship game. You didn't think. You know, some of these guys that are unheralded throughout the year would have these great years. So it's very hit or miss, but you just got to make the right decision and stick with it. You know, Victor Cruz is our guest here, by the way, on behalf of Verizon, Mackey and Judd Live, Radio Row, Super Bowl. Um, you kind of mentioned it with, you know, receivers and you want to get money. This is one thing that drives me nuts about fans and media in the NFL compared to other sports. Mm -hmm. When players decide, especially receivers, where if your knee goes, like you might, and, and now, now you can't outrun a defensive back, mm -hmm. I'll never fault a player for trying to get more money in yeah. a short window. I mean, you never know when that devastating injury can happen. We were talking, so Adam Thielen has become one of the best receivers in the league here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Undrafted. Undrafted guy, worked his ass off, practice squad for a year. I love that kid, man. So he, he winds up getting an extension after, after his 900-yard season a mm -hmm. year ago for like $4 million a year. Yep. And this is all like kind of monopoly money to average people. Well, now he became maybe a top five receiver, and he's like the 25th paid receiver. If he were to hold out, a lot of people would be outraged. Exactly. But you know what? Like, if he gets a Teddy Bridgewater knee injury or something, mm -hmm. then what? And you've and you've experienced it firsthand. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I mean, just think about it. In it, it, it's it's any job, right? Yeah. You outperform your career in any in any field of work. You want to be compensated for that work. You want to be compensated for your ability and what you put out there to your boss or to your higher-ups. You want to be compensated for that. So it's no different. Obviously, the pay scale is much different than any regular job, but it's the same mindset. It's the same template. Yeah, when you watch Thielen and Diggs, what do you see from a receiver standpoint? Just just an, an explosion. Obviously, we're around the same height, so I like watching those guys, and, and I see a lot of myself in those two guys, obviously, and, and they're just explosive, man. I love Steph Diggs. I've watched him. He's a personal friend of mine, so I watch him on Snapchat, and he's in, in, you know, and in person and things like that. And he's, his work ethic is, is next level. I mean, he, that guy works out. It could be midnight in Maryland. He's got the field open with the lights on. I don't know who <laughs> let him in. He might have broke in. And he's working out. He's got, a, he's got a crew with him, and he's working out, and he's making it happen. And he's, his dedication to the craft is, is unbelievable. Now, obviously, Th uh, Thielen being undrafted, fighting tooth and nail, winning over the coaching staff, because that's one thing you have to do when you're undrafted, win over that coaching staff and have them believe that you can do all the good things on that football field and help them win games. Yeah. How d dangerous is it in this league, too, uh, when guys come in and think that their talent is going to carry them? Because you see some really talented guys mm -hmm. out of college, and they dominated there, and they get here, and they can't, in your you know your position, they can't necessarily run the correct routes and mm -hmm. stuff, and they... they flame out how dangerous does that become when the assumption is made well if i did it in college it's going to work here it's very dangerous i think the biggest change between college and the nfl is 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 the mental game i mean football becomes your every single day job at that point you have to know everything you have to do on the football field you don't have a class to go to later on you don't have a night class you don't have a dorm room to go back to you home and then you're studying and then you're back on the practice field and then you study some more so if you don't have the mindset to be focused to your craft and focus on what you do, then on top of that, the NFL likes good character people, 
that understand what the game is all about, that carry themselves a certain way. So there's all these different variables, and when, that do when those variables don't necessarily add up, it can cause for, obviously, guys fizzling out and being in the league two, three years, and then you don't see him anymore. So, Victor Cruz, I think I know what way you're going to skew when it comes to this answer, but, you know, do, do, do receivers elevate quarterbacks more or do quarterbacks elevate receivers more? Um, that's a tough question. Because I think most people would say, well, I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, those guys are getting receivers paid, right? And then look what happens when they go play somewhere else. Exactly. But then you look at a... Calvin Johnson might have got Matthew Stafford paid. Yeah. Thielen and Diggs might have got Case Keenum paid. One hundred percent. So I think it's always relative to how the how the you know how the team shapes their their players and how the offense is and how the you know how the offense shapes the player. I think, for example, if you have a receiver that you throw it to him in 10, 15 yard um, increments and he takes those run those passes and takes them for for 60, 70, Nine times out of ten, the receiver is doing all the work, and the, the the quarterback is the one that's just giving him the football and letting him do what he does, yeah. a la Odell Beckham Jr., maybe, something like that. So it, it very much varies on the type of team, the type of offense, but it can go either way for sure. Yeah. Either way, somebody's getting paid, so we like right, exactly. it. Right, exactly. Everybody pays. Everybody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, so Smith gets dealt last night. He reportedly is going to get $70 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I saw a note that Kirk Cousins on the open market now stands to get 94 million guaranteed your Jeez. thoughts on quarterback contracts and where they're going oh man i wish i would have just worn my arm up a little bit more yeah you should you, you went the wrong direction the wrong well, way, man. I mean, start doing, trying to position you're now. Doing, you might as well right Make your comeback <laughs> Jeez, you can Louise. sign here they got no quarterbacks um the the, the way this market is going it, it is insane and and, yes. and the quarterback market is a market that has been steadily increasing and sometimes you know, a guy can have an okay year and, and, and you know, and be up for a contract and get $50, $60 million and, and, have, and be set for life, you yeah. know, his family be set for life. So, I mean, I guess it's all relative to the league and the way we're going. I just want these contracts to be guaranteed, and, and obviously that's a whole separate issue, but I want these contracts to be guaranteed because these – everybody isn't getting those $70 million contracts. Everybody isn't getting these $94 million contracts. You have – at least 45 other guys on this team that are making one, two million, three million, the league minimum. Guys are rookies. You want I, my goal or my my you know one day my wish is to see all these deals and all these contracts be guaranteed, so these guys have a sense of security while they're out there playing football. You have to wonder what that would look because I agree, but you know the the teams would say. Right, but we can't guarantee a five-year deal. It almost has to be like shorter-term deals, I love, right? That's fine. To so just almost play year-to-year. Two year, years. Three-year contracts. Two-year deals, three-year contracts, guarantee them, then we're back to the table. Yeah. Does the league, uh, do, do the players here next next to CBA need to strike? And it would take an in-season strike. You can't go out in March. I mean, that was just a folly last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do the players, to get that, need to walk out? And if you do that, that's everybody. I mean, that's guys that don't get paid great. Uh, but is that going to be the next step towards going down the road that you're talking about? I think so. I think it's going to take so – if we really want to make a change and we really want something to change in regards to how the contracts are formed and built and, and, and divvied out, if you will, we got to do something that will make a change that will say uh, tell these owners and, and, and Roger Goodell, like, okay, we need, to, we need to come to a decision and fast because if we're not playing games on Sundays – owners aren't making any money you know things are changing so we need to do something that will strike a chord in the ownership and in the front offices to let them know that we're serious about how this how this money's being skewed 
and we really want to make a change. Yeah, before we uh, say goodbye to Victor Cruz here on behalf of Verizon, this has been a super fun conversation. Give us a little taste of the Grammys. You uh, <laughs> you were up there with Sarah Silverman introducing uh, Despacito. Yeah, so was, what was it like behind the scenes? What was it like for you? It was so much fun. Sarah's a, a hysterical human being. She's so much fun. And it was right before, literally we're at the base right before they call us up to go out and present. And she looks at me and goes, we should, we should hold hands and skip to the microphone. <laughs> and I'm like, Sarah, I'm wearing these shiny shoes. I, I don't want to trip and fall, but I'm going to do it with you. Let's do it. Whatever. Awesome. So we knocked the skip out and we did the intro and it, and it was great, man. I mean, to see guys like Jay-Z and, and, and P. Diddy and, you know, Jamie Foxx was sitting right behind me and like all these different people that you look up to and that some you're friends with and you're there in the same building as them. It's just an amazing, yeah. uh, an amazing time. Were there? Uh, were, did you get starstruck at all? I mean, you, you played football in New York and stuff, but you, like walking around backstage, was it like, wow, okay, uh, I'm famous, but a, a okay, this bit. is a different. I kind of keep here. it inside. I'm like, oh, that's Jay Z over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of keep it internal. That's sort of impressive. Try to stay cool. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but you definitely have those moments like, oh snap, that's you know so and so, and you kind of. You know, jump out of your seat a little bit and, and, and things like that. Yeah. People do that with us here all the time, quite frankly. <laughs> last really quick. These guys, the, the, the rail gawkers over here. That's Mackie and Judd. Wow. Victor, what's a catch? <laughs> oh, man. That's a, come I don't, on, know, it, I don't even know if we have enough time. If you come back, they're supposedly forming a committee. I just, I just don't understand how if I catch the football and I caught it, right, and I got it, you know, I yeah. caught it and I tucked it in, yep. and I go to the ground, yep. and the ball moves. Okay, the ball. I hit the ground. The ball's gonna move. I still caught the football, and I still have it in my possession. I didn't let it go. I didn't fumble it. But the ball may have moved a little because I'm going 22 miles per hour running, and I hit the ground. That's that's a natural thing to happen. I could see if the ball moves and comes out a little bit, and then you reel it back in. But I mean, there's just something has to be done in this rule change because yeah. it's it's costing teams games. Yeah. I mean, a la Des Bryant a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's know? I mean Pittsburgh in the at the end of the regular season too, against, yeah. if you catch the ball as you're going to the ground, you tuck it and you lunge and you dive like okay, we got to go back to if it crosses the plane, it's a touchdown. Sure. I don't care that's if you the one drops I don't get. He, that's the one I don't get. That's the one that's been there for years. If a running and then they back flexes the ball and it, it hits the goal line, it's a, touchdown. it's a touchdown. But if you catch it and then you go to the ground and you don't survive the ground, which, by the way, is the greatest phrase of all time. Surviving you ground. Yeah. Victor Cruz didn't survive. Is, is so, he alive? So is he dead? Yeah. He has a pulse. <laughs> he didn't survive he's still, he's still the ground. Alive. He made the ground. He's We're going to okay, have to guys. haul him off on a gurney. I mean, what the? Yeah. Well, Victor Cruz survived Minnesota. Awesome. No problem, Thanks man. for coming Thanks, over, man. On behalf of Verizon. Back with more Mackie and Judd from Radio Row. The big game is hitting town, and 1500 ESPN will be all over the cities to bring you the latest coverage. Mackie and Judd, Roycey, Saturday Sports Talk and Sunday Sports Talk will be live from Radio Row at Mall of America all week. 1500 ESPN will also be at local sprint stores throughout the week with live broadcasts, Mike Morris appearances, and the chance to win a trip to ESPN in Bristol. Not enough? Join the Purple Podcast Thursday night at the Beacon at Graduate Minneapolis. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword football. Thank you, Jonathan. And another thank you, too, to Victor Cruz. That was just a really fun 15-minute segment with, with – people kind of forget because now Odell Beckham Jr. is the stud in, in New York. But for three years, he broke into the league 1,500 yards receiving in his first year just yep. out of nowhere. Yep. And, you know, the salsa dancing touchdown. And, uh, and, and just he was here on behalf of Verizon. People can go to at VZ Foundation if they want to find out more about the STEM education opportunities. Carl Anthony Towns is also a partner in this as well. So Victor Cruz and Cat working together. And and like the rest of us, despite the fact that he uh, played the position very successfully in the National Football League, he can't define a catch. 
yeah. which Roger Goodell is going to uh, talk about uh, today at his State of the League address downtown. And it sounds like they got a 10-person committee together recently, including uh, Chris Carter, to start to discuss this. But I think they finally get it. They've got to clear this up. It's well, just not that tough. Roger Goodell, let me find my nuggets here on my uh, – because Roger, Roger Goodell said, here's what he acknowledged last week, that the current catch rule is great for officials because it's very cut and dry. you got to survive the ground. you yep. gotta, you got to control the ball as you hit the ground, as you walk into the locker room and uh, use the restroom, and then, like, keep like, – you got. And if you that, juggle it on the john, right. it's not a catch. But it, 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 exactly. But it actually is good for officials because there's yeah. no ambiguity. You gotta, if you hit the ground, you got to maintain possession and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, fa- but Goodell acknowledged fans hate it. So to what degree do you cater to fans when you're trying to define this? And I think the answer usually is not a lot. I mean, sometimes reactions can be over-emotional and – and don't think about all the components involved. But to me, when I watch a play like that Pittsburgh tight end at the end of the Patriots regular season game, yes, and he catches the ball, and he grasps it with one arm and lunges to the end zone with the ball tucked away. Yep. Like, he has clearly proven that he's caught it, even though he's going to the ground. And now he's doing something else. Yep. So I almost circle back to, what would we call that something else? I guess it would be a football. I'm like I'm like back to se- football move It's now. a secondary action. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm kind of back to football move or secondary action. A now. catch and porn are the exact same thing. <laughs> you can't necessarily define it for me, but you know it when you see it. Right. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. It's the same philosophy. Pornographic material and a catch. Uh. You can't sit here and tell me exactly what, what a catch is, but if I show you 100 replays of catches, yeah. you can say catch, 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 no catch. Des Bryant caught the ball. Yes. Des Bryant had the ball. Yes. And, and, in, and in a secondary move, he lost the ball. He caught. I, I don't really understand this whole going to the ground thing. I, I know that they're so hung up on that, but the Des Bryant play showed he's catching it, going to the ground, but still doing other things while he's going to the ground for three steps and then lunging the ball out. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like when they came up with the going to the ground component, they didn't consider that these are some of the best athletes in the world, and they're still able to run or lunge or dive while they're while they're falling to the turf. And so, I don't know. and Victor Cruz brought up a fantastic point too. Why is it if you hand me the football at the goal line and I just extend it forward, touchdown? But if I do the same thing after a catch and I lose it, it's not a catch. That yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Either clean it up and say that you have to have complete control of the ball the whole time through the action of scoring the touchdown and or say, you know what, if you catch the ball and you extend it and then it, and it's a touchdown yeah. and you lose it after that, it's a touchdown. It was also fun to hear him. He, I mean, Victor Cruz, I, I think you're a little bit more honest when you might be on your last shot too and, sure. he, and he's made a bunch of money. And But he flat out said when you asked him, yeah, I think we should strike. I think players should strike in the middle of the season to they, get what we want contractually. They if to. they want it, that's that's the only way they're going to get it yes. is if they actually you miss can't strike games. in March. Right. Oh, my gosh, we're going to start gonna, free agency late. We're going to skip minicamp yep. and then maybe an OTA. And it's going to be covered like a camp. crisis. Yeah. Day three of the strike. The Vikings don't hold their OTAs. Right. It's, it was it was nothing meaningful. All right. Let's uh, let's do this. We still have another two hours to go here today from Radio Row. We're going to be around all through the rest of the week. Lee Steinberg, super agent, will join us in about a half hour. He was the inspiration behind the movie Jerry Maguire in the 90s. And, and his story is an interesting one. He's written a book about it. He was the top agent in the NFL for like 20 years, representing a bunch of number one overall picks, a bunch of top quarterbacks. 
and then his life went sideways. He's put it back together. We'll talk to him about his story in the 11 o'clock hour. Greg Jennings will join us to talk all things uh, football. We can tell Brett Talk Favre's about story. catches with him. Exactly. At noon. And uh, Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com will join us when we come back. What next for the Vikings now that the Alex Smith name is? We've been pushing that for a week and a half on this show. And Tyrod Taylor, really? He's going to follow you here from Buffalo? <laughs> Mackie and Judd live from Radio Row at the Mall of America.